Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today we're talking about curiosity and insight from Forks in the Road in Midlife. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. I just want to share a tiny little joyful something in my life uh, with you before we dig into today's topic. It's related to the Apple Watch. Now, I have to admit, I don't use a lot of the functions of this watch, but I do like to make sure that my watch face works for me, that I like it. Now, if you don't have an Apple Watch, there's this feature that lets you choose the layout or design of your watch face from flowers to um, the universe, to fire, to water, uh, to there's all kinds of designs, even custom photos or Mickey Mouse. So if that kind of stuff isn't for you, you can just make sure that you like the way your clock numbers for time are laid out, like digital or analog. I like a classic looking watch face when it comes to the numbers. Now, Imagine my joyful glee when I updated my watch last week and noticed a new watch face option. It was Snoopy, Snoopy cartoons. I couldn't believe my eyes. I've been a big fan of all things Snoopy and Peanuts for decades. I was giddy with joy. I quickly updated my watch face. And my friend, it's even better than I anticipated. It's not a stagnant image. What you get every time you tap your sleeping watch face is a little adorable and entertaining Snoopy animation that lasts for a few delightful seconds. Seriously, I just tapped and Snoopy dug a hole under the number four and erupted. He came out the other side with dirt on his head, uh, just left of the number six. Now, now I just checked again and he's climbing on the watch hands sliding down with Woodstock flying around, landing on his head. So I'm telling you, I have even giggled out loud. Sometimes if I, uh, you know, I'm busy doing something and I'm finding myself distracted, I'm looking out the window, looking at squirrels or whatever. I, I just go, oh, wait, I have my watch face and I tap. So I just tapped. Now Woodstock is, I don't know what he's doing. He's like, looks like he's shaking his feathers or stuff. He's on one of the watch hands. And Snoopy is tapping his foot, annoyed, (laughs) waiting, trying to get him to come with the other little Woodstocks. (laughs) It's just so funny. That's it. That's how long it takes. And it's just adorable. So I'm sharing this for two reasons, other than to tell you to update your phone and check it out if, (laughs) if you have this kind of phone. So the first thing is little moments of joy are totally underrated, especially when you're super busy and stressed. So please be on the lookout for more little moments of joy. And two, I so appreciate it when a company or somebody individually over delivers. In my mind, whoever thought to create these little animations instead of static cartoons for the watch face was brilliant. I would love to have them on the podcast. So if you have any leads, let me know. It is just so much fun. All right. So a little diversion, but I really wanted to share that with you. Today, we're talking about something I've been thinking about for quite a bit lately. It's related to decision-making 
which is a common hot topic in midlife. And it's related to its cousin, confusion. And that was me. I have lots of experience with confusion. So both decision-making and confusion are big topics with my clients in the academy and during a, a midlife funk, for sure. And like I said, I feel like confusion is a close friend of mine. I got to know her really well when I was stuck from 45 years old to 50. Five years of stuckness and big-time confusion. There was more going on, too, and we'll get to that a bit later. But with coaching, one of the super important things to do is to find thoughts. And as you know, thoughts can be sneaky and surprising. So we have to get sneaky and surprising. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to use a sneaky strategy to find thoughts of yours that will give you insight that will help you in midlife. And these thoughts are going to be related to forks in the road of your life. But just quick, before we get going, I want to invite you to take advantage of an offer I've brought back to have a fun and meaningful way to get some solid clarity and excitement around your vision for your future or even for the next year. In fact, I think this will actually put you on the road to creating some midlife magic, and you'll do that with a powerful combination of coaching and a vision board that actually works. Now, I know when you're unclear about what's next, it can be hard to even imagine what might be on the other side of your midlife stuckness. So that's why I want to offer this easy way to start moving in an exciting direction that is uniquely yours. You can give yourself the forward momentum that you need in the form of a midlife vision board coaching pack. It's a two session private coaching package around how you're going to create what you really want in your life with a vision board kit and strategy that really works. So check it out. Head over to my website at susierosenstein.com forward slash shop or susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and you'll see the summary notes for this show, episode 335. This is a totally fun way to start doing something about what you know will make you happier. That's really what we're talking about. That's what this podcast is about. We got to figure out how to intentionally create more happiness and fulfillment in your life. And we do that with intention, and this is a great way to do it. Okay, so now let's get started with this whole idea of curiosity and insights from forks in the road in your life. I'm pretty sure you've heard that expression, a fork in the road. A fork in the road is commonly used, like that expression is commonly used to describe a decision point between two things or two directions. It's a time where you have to make a choice to go one way or another, to take one path or a very different path and there's some weightiness to the decision. It's often a pretty substantial choice. Two options are possible, and you need to pick one, and usually stick with it. It's not like, oh, should I wear the blue shirt or the red shirt today? No, it's not like that. It's a bigger deal. Like maybe you're in love with two people, and you have to pick one. Or you get two job offers, and they are in different towns. You got to pick one. Or maybe you have to decide to stay or go, whatever that means for you, that kind of thing. Forks in the road are common, and they tend to cause a lot of confusion. (laughs) The confusion can make decision-making challenging, but that's not the part we're talking about today. I've done an episode on decision-making, and I'll pop it in the show notes. So I would like to suggest that being curious about past forks in the road in your life can be a huge source of juicy mindfulness gold. Here's what I mean. Like I said before, sometimes you can really benefit from a sneak attack on your thoughts. 
And today we're going to do that by going on a fork hunt. <laughs> that is specifically hunting for forks in the road from your past. And it's a great way to get some solid insight into what makes you tick. And that, my friend, is the way you think about your choices and your options. As an older and wiser midlife gal, they might be working for you or not. And if not, you can totally tweak your process. Now, it's important because the way you make decisions is related to the way you think about what's possible for you in all kinds of situations. Now, you may want to pause and hear that idea again. Taking a close look at how you've made big decisions in your life is important because the way you make decisions is related to the way you think about what's possible for you in all kinds of situations. So grab a coffee or a cup of tea and a piece of paper and pen. Let's start this hunt. Number one, the first thing to do is to think about forks, not the forks in your kitchen drawer. <laughs> think about your own personal forks in the road over the years. Try to come up with at least three to five of them to explore and learn from. You can even go in the Wayback Machine to mine for true gold. That's what I did. So I'm going to share three of mine and we'll be referring to them as we go through this process. So I went back to 1982 for this one. It really stands out for me. I was a sophomore at Westchester State College. Now it's called Westchester University in Pennsylvania. It was an hour from my home where I grew up. I heard about a cool program where I could study in a Caribbean island for a term or two. Like I could just, uh, I guess they had some kind of an agreement between the universities and I could just go there and, and get the same uh, transfer credits. I can't remember all of the details, but uh, it was going to be uh, going away to a warm tropical experience, going to school and having an adventure. And this sounded glorious to me. Y'all know I hate the cold. Uh, so what a great plan. I applied and I was super excited. Like I was giddy. I was so excited to be pursuing this. And then... I got accepted to the program and I freaked out. <laughs> I was overcome with fear. I have to say, my reaction kind of surprised me. It was a fork in the road. I could stay the course and stay put in Pennsylvania, or I could do something completely different and exciting and go to university uh, in a Caribbean island, like at a university on a Caribbean island. Another big fork in the road for me was in 1985. In 85, I finished my undergrad degree in Canada, so I ended up transferring to uh, the University of Guelph in Canada, Ontario, and I applied for grad school. So it was that time, it took me an extra semester to finish university, so I had this extra year, the semester and then time to work and apply to grad school. And I remember applying for grad school in seven universities. Six of them were in the States. Oh my gosh, I just had a funny memory. I was so broke then. So broke. And I remember somewhere along the line in my university career while I was in Ontario, I went to this flea market and I picked up an antique gumball machine. I thought it was so cool. And this gumball machine took nickels. So I had it in my bedroom and I remember, you know, enjoying the gumballs <laughs> and I would put nickels in there. And maybe at some point I moved it to the kitchen or I moved it wherever I was living to the living room because other people used to put nickels in there too. I was so broke. No digital online applications in 1985 or 86, whenever that was. 
uh, I was so broke that I didn't have money for postage. So what I was sending in these grad school applications was whatever they required plus my thesis. So I had all this photocopying to do. It was expensive. And I think, I think it was like seven to $10 a package to do the mail. And I remember having to, you know, break into, get into my, I guess there was a key, getting into my gumball machine. I had $35 in nickels that covered the majority of the application. <laughs> That's how broke I was. Anyway, um, sorry about that, but we'll get back to the story. That just popped in my mind. And I have to tell you, it's not far from my desk. It still sits with me here. It's on the mantle in the uh, the fireplace mantle <laughs> with very stale gumballs in it. Okay. Anyway, like I was saying, a bunch of these um, universities, they were in the States. And I remember I got into four. Three were in the USA and one was in Canada at the school where I currently was at the University of Guelph, the one I just graduated from in the town I lived in. In my mind, it wasn't just the program and school um, that were part of the decision. It was also knowing that if I stayed in Canada or I'd be going back to the States, that that was weighty. Like it felt it wasn't just making a, a decision about the school, but it was a staying in Canada or going back to the States. It was a huge fork in the road because I knew that this decision might set me up for my future career and relationships. It really was a big one. Okay, here's another one. This one happened in 2014. I had trained to become a life coach. This was after my big layoff from my long-term job. I could look for another job and be employed by somebody else or I could give entrepreneurship a try. So just because you train to be a life coach doesn't mean you need to pursue it as an entrepreneur. There are options. I could just enjoy being a life coach for myself and doing it on the side, or I could look for a traditional job, or I could look for a job um, as a life coach employed by somebody else, or I could give entrepreneurship a try. So many options. And they were really different options. And it really felt like a fork in the road. Because once you start going down the entrepreneurial road, there's investments that you have to make, right? Um, anyway, those are the three examples that I came up with myself that really stood out as some big forks in the road. And I hope sharing these personal examples help you see what I'm talking about so you can find yours as well. So go down memory lane in your life, maybe year by year or phase by phase, and think about times that you could go this way or that way. <laughs> regarding pretty big decisions in your life. Now, these might come quickly to you or not. It doesn't matter. Just take your time with it. And once you get started thinking about it, more will come up for you. I always get ideas in the shower, you know, but have fun with it. Okay, now the next thing to do, number two, is to be curious about your thoughts and feelings during your fork-related decision-making. <laughs> so what came up for you as you were trying to figure out what to do? And I find it easier to try to remember how you felt than figuring out what you were thinking that made you feel that way. So whatever works for you, but I like to zone in on the feeling. And I love this whole sneaky little approach because it's two-pronged attack on your thinking. You're thinking about decisions and choices from the past, and it's easier to reflect in a more detached, neutral way. And you're also zoning in on feelings first and then looking for thoughts. All of that, it's such a great way to catch what's really going on up there in your mind. So now it's your turn. Think about the decision you had to make when you were at the fork and why you made it. 
Then step into your Wayback Machine, sip that coffee, and really, really think about it. What thoughts and feelings came up for you as you were making that decision? Now, the third thing to do is to gain some insight from your forks in the road. If you're a listener of the podcast, my guess is that you love all things self-development and becoming more and more intentional about your life. As a midlife gal, you know life is short and we got to stop wasting time. To do that, you got to learn from all your new awareness when you're doing this work. What can you learn from your past forks in the road? I think you can learn a lot. In fact, I think you're sitting on gold here. So go back and look at what you were thinking and feeling for each of your forks in the road. Do you see a pattern either in your fork scenarios or in your life in other ways? Do those thoughts still come up for you? What about the feelings you identified? Are they common in your life? Are they useful? Or are they automatic and get in your way? For me, here's what I learned. Regarding the Caribbean study option, (laughs) I felt fear and the thought was, I don't want to be alone. Right away, the emotion of fear jumps out to me when I see it written there on the page. I've been surprised by fear over the years. I really have. I notice that it comes up a lot, more than I ever expected. The fear of not wanting to be alone with travel in like bigger travel situations, like I would never go to Europe on vacation by myself, (laughs) like especially back in the 80s and 90s when all my friends were doing it, they were going for a couple of months. I would never do that. Not for me. And fear has also come up for me about being a beginner when trying new things, looking stupid and being bad about something, like being fearful of that judgment. That's come up a lot. And it also came up for me big time when I was stuck those five years. I had a lot of fear that I'd made a mistake by staying in my job too long and that now as a result of that, I was afraid I had aged out of decent employment and would be alone and unemployed. So, you know, whether or not it makes sense, it doesn't matter. That's the stuff that came up for me. The big insight here is that I do not want fear to be the emotion that makes decisions for me in my life. And by connecting this fork from 1982 to my life now, I see how long this stuff has been going on. (laughs) Such a long time. Okay, the next one was leave Canada option. The feeling that came up was sadness. And the thought was, I love the life and friends I've created here. Now, this one's really interesting. Sadness about leaving Canada. It wasn't just that I'd be leaving the country, but I was also leaving the life I'd created, even though it had only been a couple of years since I moved here. So it'd been two or three years at that point. And I I loved it. I loved Canada. I loved the friends I was making. I didn't want to go home. I wasn't ready. I had started to create my community and I wanted to continue. So my insight here is that this hasn't changed much for me. I love the feeling of belonging to a community and I have a richness of connection. I've built that for myself and I love it. I don't want to leave it. Now the entrepreneur option, the feeling was excited, kind of like scared, scared, excited, scared, sighted, (laughs) but it was definitely more excited. And the thought was, I love the idea of being an entrepreneur and being free to create. Oh, I love that. And the insight that pops out for me is that I still feel excited about being an entrepreneur. Does that mean it's easy? No. Does that mean I have it all figured out? (laughs) No, absolutely not. But there's something about the creativity that I really connect with and find exhilarating. 
This still holds true today, and that is good to know. Now, the fourth step is to max out your fork in the road reflection. Anticipate some of the future forks in the road in midlife and beyond and apply those insights. So you're going to max out the reflection by thinking back and forward. Okay. Now I'm not asking you to have a crystal ball, but I think it might be useful to think about the common forks in the road that come up for so many of us at this age and stage in life. Once you identify them, how might your insights about your past forks be useful with your future forks? So here are some common forks in the road uh, in midlife. Retiring on this date or that date. You know, all the pension-related stuff or your retirement savings or whatever it means to you. Retiring for good or starting another job or business after retirement. Moving your aging parents closer to your home or not. Moving closer to your grandkids or not. Selling your house and moving to your dream home or location. Selling your home and downsizing. Selling your home and renting. Going back to school or not. Buying this level of life insurance or that level of life insurance. Getting a divorce or not. Setting some serious boundaries or not. Putting the addition on the cottage or not. Investing in a big house renovation project or not. Buying a vacation property, or not. Investing in an income property, or not. And taking a scary opportunity, or not. So those are just some examples. Not a lot of details around them because I'm just imagining them. But think about what your friends who are a little bit ahead of you are going through, other family members, and just what the obvious kind of common ones might be. And just start to think about what you can learn from the rest of this little challenge to think back to what forks in the road for you looked like, how you navigated them, how you felt your thoughts about navigating them, how you made those decisions. And just see if you can learn anything from that that helps you with the anticipation of future forks in the road. So these are just some thought starter ideas, but I think you get the hang of it now. Being more intentional about the way you choose to live your life is something you can get better and better at. Using the forks in the road strategy is just another tool in your tool belt to find thoughts and get to understand yourself better. Thinking about future forks is not only a fun tongue twister that I've been struggling with this whole episode, (laughs) but also an interesting part of the strategy. And once you have this awareness, it's hard to ignore. As usual, curiosity can really help you as you grow forward in midlife. So have fun with your forks. Okay, that's it for this episode. As you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. It's really all about coaching you to be more intentional and to incorporate mindfulness into your life as a regular practice. This is how you put yourself on your agenda. My focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and focused on your current values and priorities so that you don't have regrets. I can help you create the success you're looking for. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy with you in mind, because it's a warm, supportive, and fun coaching community of like-minded women who grow forward together. It is totally possible to feel great about your roadmap to a more fun, meaningful, and regret-free chapter. So email me your questions and let's talk about it and see if it's for you. Go ahead and book your free, no-obligation momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. 
And if you want to treat yourself to a Midlife Magic Vision Board coaching pack to help you create what you really want in your life, head over to my website at susierosenstein.com forward slash shop. And finally, for show notes and links, head over to susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 335. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week.